0: You just, and I have a, we have just, a tendency to get redactive. act like you're a guest is what i'm saying like okay yeah hey, yeah sure you know i got it Because uh, the, the intro is going to be all me okay yeah
1: and and and, and you don't want to do like a writer type intro that leads into this you've got this is right you know, off
0: the top i want it to sound different i you know and gotcha. if, even if you want to do music and stuff like that, it's totally fine because people expect that but like yeah. it's going to be more like a hey it's steve I know we're technically still on break, but you know, it's gonna be one of those. Okay. And then at the once we're then we'll go, we'll go quick intro, your 21 questions, and then you can just record. And while we got you, we're excited. We have some amazing guests coming up, you know, and then we'll be out. Okay. But if we it's 21 questions, and I realize if we turn it into you and me talking like we generally do, which is like rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. It'd be a half hour long. (laughs) More than that. 21 actually ends up being like 8 minutes each. You
1: know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready?
1: I'm ready. I'm rolling.
0: <clears throat> Eric, welcome to Writer Types. Oh, thanks Steve. Great to be here. Long-time yeah. listener, first-time guest. <laughs> We've been wanting you on for a long time and the, <laughs> your new book is a great excuse to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Your publicist contacted me. <laughs> His name <laughs> Her name is Erica Beatner. <laughs> she she gets around. (laughs) All right. I've got 21 questions for you in honor of your 21st novel all the way down. Are you ready? I am ready. Question number one. Is publishing your 21st book anything like turning 21? I mean, I know you're not going to be doing fireball shots or anything, but how do you celebrate a milestone like this?
1: know i I think it is actually quite similar to turning 21 in that i think when i hit any of those milestones like getting my driver's license or turning 21 it's like there's so much anticipation leading up to it and then once it happens it's sort of like oh well here it is and then all you have to do is sort of look towards tomorrow and see what's next so in the event of my 21st novel i'm really excited i'm glad that it's out there in the world and i'm excited for people to read it but at the same time my head has already been looking forward to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing for so long that uh, it's not a letdown, but it's sort of like, all right, great, did that, now
0: let's keep working. Well, you actually turned 21 in 1990. Uh, What was the best concert you saw that year? Oh, wow,
1: 1990? I was in college, so I was living in Boston and I lived uh, in Manhattan during that summer. So it would have either been a hardcore matinee at the Rat in Kenmore Square in Boston where uh, it was a dank little club. Todd Robinson used to work the door. Uh, And so I saw dozens and dozens of shows there that were sweaty and violent and uh, a whole lot of fun. And then when I lived in Manhattan, I was so poor that i used to go down to Greenwich Village to where the knitting factory was which was a jazz club that did a lot of like weird avant-garde jazz and i remember i couldn't afford the door price but if you go around to the side there was a side entrance where like they brought in the you know the liquor and stuff that door was right next to the stage so i could go sit on the sidewalk and listen to the band <laughs> <laughs> right outside that door. And uh, I, one night specifically, I wanted to go see uh, John Zorn, who's a kind of a crazy saxophone player. And I just sat uh, outside that little service door and listened to the show from there. <laughs> wow, you have an incredible memory. <laughs> well, I,
0: that one stood out because I, I felt very pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was 29 years ago. When, when you thought about 2019, way back then, did you assume we'd have flying cars by now? Absolutely, because this is the
1: Blade Runner year. Blade Runner was set in Los Angeles 2019. So in my brain, this is very different from what I thought Los Angeles was going to be like. So, yeah, it was very much flying cars, constant rain, uh, overbuilding,
0: robot people running around trying to murder you. Yeah, this uh, this is all very different. Well, given those diminished expectations, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate 2019 so far? Ooh, what, what are we, four days in? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'll give it a four so far
1: because uh, it's been rainy and cold. Uh, well, I'll give it a six because uh, I'm, I'm back talking with you again. So uh, things are looking up,
0: Steve. Well, so six plus four is 10. So we'll go with 10. Oh, there you uh, go. What a great all, year. All the Way Down is uh, much more of a mainstream thriller than a lot of your other books. Was that intentional? I think so. I think, uh, you know, it's, the publishing
1: company, uh, publishing industry moves so slow that I wrote this book several years ago uh, and it's taken a long, rocky road to publishing. And it was definitely an attempt to write, uh, you know, the quote unquote mainstream thriller. Uh, I sort of channeled my inner It's It's kind of it's kind of nutty. It's got some crazy twists and turns. But I think it was something that uh, I was trying to break out of something that people could call noir. I think it's definitely a thriller. I I purposely put the words a thriller on the cover so people would know what to expect. And uh, I hope uh, people are thrilled by it.
0: Was the title of the book inspired by the song of the same name by the Rolling Stones, which coincidentally starts with the line, I was 21 naive. I've never heard that song in my life. It was not. I don't know. Sorry. Is, it, is there a song that inspired the title?
1: Probably. most of my titles do have some sort of song uh, reference in there. Um, I feel like it was, and now I can't even remember what it was. I mean, it's more inspired by the fact that the main plot is, involves, uh, you know, the main character Dale going into this 15 story office tower. He goes to the top floor of the penthouse, has to rescue a girl and then make his way out of the building. And so it literally goes floor by floor down as he's trying to escape with this girl that he's trying to rescue. And, it, you know, I was trying to use that as sort of the structure of the book. I mean, the, the chapters that happen outside of the building are just chapter titles. But when we're inside the building, I don't even use chapter titles. I use, you know, floor 15, floor 14, floor 13, you know. So uh, that's more where it came from. But uh, yeah, it's probably a music reference in there somewhere. It always sneaks in.
0: Well, there, there is an Etta James song called All the Way Down. Are you familiar with that one?
1: No, it wasn't that one either.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, that one came out on her self-titled album in 1973. Uh, 73 was a great year for albums. Um, there were some real classics released. If you could only choose one of the following albums to listen to for eternity, oh boy. would it be Aladdin Sane by David Bowie, Quadrophenia by The Who, Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges, or the self-titled Debut by the New York Dolls, all of which were released in 1973?
1: Steve, you're going to be very disappointed in me because we have so many things in common musically, and this is tapping into exactly an era and a style of music that all indications point to the fact that I should love all of those albums that you listed. And they are direct influences on all the bands that I had such a passion for when I started really, really clicking into music around like 78 to 80. And yet... All four of those albums, as legendary as they are, I've never owned a copy of any of those. Wow. <laughs> I don't have any special affinity for any of those. But maybe I would go with New York Dolls? That's, that's a tricky one. It definitely wouldn't be Stooges. I think they're very overrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I said it. Ooh. <laughs> wow. You're... I'm going to have to talk to the editor and see if he can get rid of that particular response.
1: (laughs) Listen, I think if anybody is so in love with Iggy and the Stooges, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you don't go back and listen to the Sonics, because I think the Sonics were doing all the stuff that the Stooges get credit for, but doing it better.
0: I, I, um, all right. For our ninth question, uh, do you publish your books in the order that you write them? uh no
1: i guess not this one like i say this was actually written several years ago and in the meantime i mean goodness i I think since i wrote this i probably finished eight more novels (laughs) (laughs) the beatner effect yeah Yeah. but uh i mean some of them like you know part of that along the way was finishing out the lars and shane trilogy with uh you know devil at at your door and uh you know finishing out the the list trilogy that i co-wrote with frank zafiro so Sometimes uh, you know when you go into writing a standalone that's just sort of like, "Hey, I got this idea. I'm going to write this, those sometimes take a little harder, uh, uh, take a longer time to publish than stuff that's in a series that someone is expecting on a schedule. So
0: So I'm doing the math. Have you already started writing your 30th novel?
1: Uh, no, I think I'm on 26 right now. I'm almost done with number 26 because I've got 4 I've got 4 that are already finished sitting around Yeah, I don't know. I lose track.
0: <laughs> well, I can imagine with numbers <laughs> that big that you would. All right, our 11th question is simply yes or no. Minor Threat is the best hardcore punk band of all time. Choosing between those two options, I would say yes. <laughs> How do you feel about the Stooges? Oh, I'm just kidding, we're not gonna go back there. Uh, if you could go on vacation anywhere in the world this summer, where would you go? Oh
1: boy, I've always wanted to go to Iceland or any of the Scandinavian countries. It's very hard to convince my family that that is a trip worth taking since it's you know cold and snowy and they're more interested in going to uh, tropical islands. But uh, I've always been really fascinated with seeing Iceland or Sweden or Norway.
0: Yeah, Iceland is one that I've always had on my bucket list, and I kind of got the family around by doubling down on winter and simply only talking about the Aurora Borealis, and that seems to have gotten their interest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of, if you really do some deep dives, you go into YouTube, there's actually some really interesting Icelandic punk that came out in the like mid-late 70s, so uh, that's worth
0: going down that rabbit hole, as long as we're on the subject. <laughs> uh, you, you lost me after you said you didn't like the Stooges. Um <laughs> In addition to being a great writer you're you, you also designed some amazing book covers did you design the cover for all the way down
1: I did indeed
0: and what's your favorite book cover of all time
1: oh wow that's that's a really good question uh, I I mean the first thing as soon as you said that the first thing that popped into my head was the hardcore uh, hardcover version of The Sisters Brothers by Patrick DeWitt uh, everyone should Google that. It's uh, it's quite an amazing uh, feat of design. Uh, and lately, I, I've always been impressed with the designs that uh, JT Lindros is doing right now. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of indie presses. Uh, and there's another uh, couple of authors slash designers out there, uh, guys like Dyer Wilk, who uh, he did the cover for his own book called The Canyon, which is just gorgeous. That came out just this past year. Uh, and then another guy named Matthew uh, Revert or Revert, I don't know, I even know how to pronounce his name, but he's doing some amazing art on his book covers to the point that he's actually has a, a book of his artwork coming out.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, of course, we're not supposed to judge books by their covers. So give me the elevator pitch for All the Way Down. Well, uh
1: All the Way Down is about Dale, who is a corrupt cop, and he sort of fell into being a corrupt cop, and he's looking for a way out, but doesn't want to give up the uh, money that he's been getting. And he's been being paid off by uh, a local uh, drug lord who sort of has free reign of the city where they live, this unnamed city. And uh, it's not a spoiler to say that Dale gets busted. And the opening chapter is Dale going to see his superiors and they found out that he's on the take and he thinks he's going to get fired and he thinks he's going to get thrown in jail. But instead, they offer him this opportunity that because this drug dealer that he's been taking money from has kidnapped the mayor's daughter and is holding her in his 15-story office tower fortress that he's built out of an abandoned office park. So they say, look, uh, we've got you by the short hairs. You need to do this for us. You're the only guy who can go in and get her and deal with this drug dealer without immediately getting shot the minute you walk through the door. So see if you can go get her. And to him, it's almost like this is a suicide mission, but he has very few other choices. So he decides he's going to take this opportunity and try to go rescue her. And uh, it's mayhem from there.
0: Wow. I mean, that is really impressive. You and I know from doing this show that if we put most writers on the spot to pitch their book like that, uh, they would stumble all over themselves. So, how many times have you practiced that pitch in the mirror? Uh,
1: None. I'm actually quite impressed with myself. And it's, you know, it's tricky because. (laughs) You, you lose track, and it's like, oh, I should really mention sort of the, the B story and stuff, because there's there's a whole subplot with, his, with uh, Dale's wife that goes on uh, outside the building, and then we touch in with the mayor and his staff as he's dealing with the fact that his daughter is kidnapped, and then you sort of like, oh, it, does he even really want her to be rescued? So there's a lot of uh, intrigue and, and unfolding plot lines that uh, that come out along the way.
0: Well, in addition to books and music, you're also a film buff. Um, what film do you predict will win the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2019?
1: Oh, man. That's uh, that's a tough one because I am so out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> I think since, you know, writing 21 books takes up a lot of time. I don't know if you know this, Steve. Yes. So I don't get out to the theaters much anymore. <laughs> Um, And, you know, and the other thing is they keep changing the rules. The Academy changes the rules. They've got this new category of like for popular film now, which is just a crazy pants idea to me. So uh, I'm going to be tuning in just as as a film fan uh, this year. And uh, I'll be surprised with whatever they choose, because uh, I I couldn't predict it last year. And uh, darn if I know it's going to win
0: this year. Well, speaking of movies. If you had to cast an actor to play your protagonist, Dale Burnett, from all the way down, who would it be? Oh, man, I hate this question so much. (laughs) much I know you do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, my uh, go-to, whenever I think about this kind of thing, I always end up going back to, like, well, you know, if... If you know Gene Hackman was still in his thirties, <laughs> like like Gene Hackman around like French Connection age and stuff, it's it never ends up being a contemporary actor. It's always like, oh man, if I could have gotten that guy, if I could have got Harry Dean Stanton in 1975, he would have been perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you already mentioned uh, how much you hated that last question, and <laughs> you and I interview a lot of people on this show, and we're always worried about asking the wrong questions slash kind of trying to ask the wrong question. (laughs) So what's one question you've always uh, dreaded being asked as an author? Uh, I mean, I
1: think all authors dread the old, uh, where do you get your ideas from? Uh, I think you start to dread any question that that comes up a lot. And I think questions about how prolific I've been or questions about writing Noir specifically because I've always like yes I've written some noir stuff but I'm way more eclectic than that and you sort of want people to see all sides of your of your career but uh, I mean there's at this point if anyone's asking me questions I'm just grateful so I'll I'll answer anything and everything
0: <laughs> well I'm glad to hear that because question number twenty is where do you get your ideas Eric
1: <laughs> I get them from you Steve
0: <laughs> well then I feel very bad for you. All right. And for our final question of the 21 questions with Eric Beatner. Wow. That went fast. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate this interview?
1: Oh, this was definitely a 9.5, Steve. You have a future in this. I I need to start taking a back seat in our interviews.
0: Oh, that's disappointing. The correct answer was 21. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Eric, thanks so much for being on Writer Types. Oh, thanks for having me. (laughs) And while we've got you, why don't you tell our listeners what's coming up for our first couple episodes in February?
1: Well, this has been a nice break from our break, but we are ready to jump right back into it and get back with some full-length shows starting in February. We've got some amazing guests like Greg Hurwitz, Steph Post, S.A. Cosby, uh, and we are lining up just a stellar
0: lineup of uh, authors for season three, and we can't wait to bring it to you. You heard it there, folks. It is time for us to go back on break for about one more month. We will see you on February 12th. All right. I'm going to read my intro real quick. Did that work for you? Yeah, that's great. Okay. You see, yeah. I didn't put any gotchas in there. I just kind of tried to keep you off balance a little
1: bit. Yeah, no, no. I, I figured it was going to be like, I, honestly, in my head, I was like, he's going to ask, like, what was my first concert or what was the first album I bought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I kind of had some of those originally, and then I was like, that's kind of mean. Like, even the what's the best concert in 1990 is like, I couldn't pull one. You know, like, I'd be like, I saw a bunch of bands in there, I know that. (laughs) All right, let me give this a try. Hey, everybody, it's Steve. Our podcast is technically still on a two-month hiatus, but we have a quick interview that we just couldn't wait to share with you. And we've also got some news about the upcoming season of Writer Types. So we hope you enjoy this special interlude episode of our Crime, Mystery, and Thriller podcast. Our first full episode of 2019 drops on February 12th, but you can always find the full archive of our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, let's get to that interview. Lovely. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. You know, and I mean,
1: I'm sure.